0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The text for our meditation this evening is the Gospel reading from Luke 1, which you've already heard. You may be seated. Tonight's Gospel reading contains some of the most sublime articles of the Christian faith. For here, St. Luke describes how Almighty God, the one by whom and through whom and for whom all things were made, has become a man. To help us wrap our hearts and our minds around this mystery, I wanted to, for part of my sermon, read a portion of a letter penned by St. Leo the Great, who was the bishop in Rome in the 5th century. The church has traditionally read this letter as part of her worship service on the day of the Annunciation, the day the church celebrates the feast day dedicated to the events described in our gospel reading for today. That feast day, by the way, usually falls on March the 25th. Let us, then, with the saints who have gone before us, bask in the glory of God, who for us men and for our salvation took on our flesh and blood. Saint Leo writes, lowliness is assumed by majesty Weakness by power, mortality by eternity. To pay the debt of our sinful nature, a nature that was incapable of suffering, was joined to one that could suffer. Thus, in keeping with the healing that we needed, one and the same mediator between God and man, the man, Jesus Christ, was able to die in one nature and unable to die in another. He, who is true God, was therefore born in the complete, perfect nature of a true man, whole in his own nature and whole in ours. By our nature, we mean what God had, the Creator had fashioned in us from the beginning. He took it on himself in order that he would restore it. For in the Savior... There was no trace of what the deceiver introduced in man, being misled, allowed to enter. It does not follow that because he submitted to sharing in our human weakness, he therefore shared in our sins. He took the nature of a servant without the stain of sin, enlarging our humanity without diminishing his divinity. He emptied himself. Though invisible, he made himself visible. Though the creator and the Lord of all things, he chose to be one of us mortal men. Yet, this was the condensation of compassion, not the loss of his almighty power. So he who in the nature of God had created man became in nature of a servant Man himself. Thus, the Son of God enters this lowly world. He comes down from the throne of heaven, yet does not separate himself from the Father's glory. He is born in a new condition by a new birth. He was born in a new condition, for invisible in his own nature, he became visible in ours. Beyond our grasp, he chose to come within our grasp. Existing before time began, he began to exist in a moment of time. Lord of the universe, he hid his infinite glory and took the nature of a servant. Incapable of suffering as God, he did not refuse to be a man capable of suffering. Immortal. He chose to subject himself to the laws of death. He who is true God is also true man. There is no falsehood in this unity as long as the lowliness of man and the preeminence of God coexist in a mutual relationship. As God does not change by his condensation, so man is not swallowed up by being exalted. Each nature exercises its own activity in communion with the other. The Word does what is proper to the Word, and the flesh fulfills what is proper to the flesh. One nature is resplendent with miracles. The other falls victim to injuries. As the Word does not lose equality with the Father's glory, so the flesh does not leave behind the nature of our race one and the same person, and this must be said over and over again. He must be thinking of the Athanasian Creed, by the way. It is truly the Son of God and truly the Son of Man. He is God in virtue of the fact that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He is man in virtue of the fact that the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And here ends the reading from St. Leo. People loved by God. We cannot take for granted what it means that very God, a very God, took on our human flesh. His incarnation shows us the depth of our sin, that it took the compassionate action of our God, the God of the entire universe, the one who is busy making sure the sun rises and sets on time and that the seasons run as they ought and how everything in the universe is perfectly orchestrated. It took the compassionate action of that God coming into our world, into our flesh and blood to save us. But it also shows the depths of his love for us, that he was willing to give up his divine glory in order to bring us back to himself. We confess this mystery very briefly every time we confess the Nicene Creed. If we simply let those words wash over us without even trying to grab onto them, then we run the risk of losing how vital it is to our salvation for Jesus to have been born of the Virgin Mary. If Jesus had been conceived by natural means, by a human father, our salvation would be totally lost because he would be subject to the same fall into sin that we are. We could miss that God, who cannot die, became man in order to die the death that we deserve. What really ought to grab onto our imaginations, this time of year especially, is how God becoming man did not destroy our human nature like we might expect. Remember that Moses, at one point at Mount Sinai, wanted to see the face of God, and he was told by God himself that man cannot see God's face and live. Instead, when God takes on our human flesh, he elevates our humanity, restoring it again to its proper place. Instead of just being poor, lowly creatures, God intended us to actually be his sub-regents, ruling this creation as the lords and ladies of this world in his stead. In so doing... Jesus elevates our human nature right up to the very throne of God itself. When the angels bow down and worship around the throne of God, even now, they bow down and worship a real flesh and blood man. The one who is our brother by virtue of the fact that he has joined his divine nature to our human flesh and has adopted us into his family by virtue of our holy baptism, he now sits on the throne receiving all glory and praise from the unnumbered hosts of heaven that surround the throne, that worship him even now in this age. And he does it as a man. People loved by God. The one who is eternal. Eternal who was before time began with the very first rising and setting of the sun, has entered into our time and space and now has a birthday. The Lord of all creation, who wore a diaper and was nursed by his mother, just like you were, he, for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven, and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary. How can this be? With man, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. In Jesus' name. Amen. And now the peace of God, which passes all understanding... Keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.